Good to see you this morning. Thank you for being at the gathering to worship. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to uh, Acts chapter 4. We're going to read a lot of this chapter, and we're going to talk about, can I get a witness? Can I get a witness this morning? Yeah, all right. Um, All right, so in Acts chapter 4, we're looking at verse, we're going to start reading at verse 5. Um, he says, on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Now, they had just prayed for a man who was lame and raised him up. He was lame from birth, and they raised him up in the name of Jesus. He went walking and leaping and praising God. There's a song there, and uh, I'll sing it for you in a minute, maybe. All right, but then Peter, now here's Peter who, uh, right before this, you know, he denied the Lord before when Jesus was on trial. And now here's Peter with boldness, filled with the Holy Spirit. He's going to confess Christ. And he says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's a whole lot of preaching in this chapter here, isn't it? Now, when they saw the boldness, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed Standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, what shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them as evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, Let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. 
And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Let's pray. Father, we just love you and praise you and thank you. You're a good, good father. Uh, Lord, you've poured out your love upon us so much through your son, Jesus. Lord, we were not worthy of your love because we are all sinners. Lord, we've all violated your law. Lord, we've all turned our backs on you. But Lord, you in our fallen state, you emptied out your heavens. You gave your only begotten son. And he came, Lord, and died on that cross in our place, shed his innocent blood and bore our guilt and our shame and our sorrow and our sin. And by his stripes we're healed. And I just pray, God, that uh, today, Lord, we'll receive your love. And Jesus, you will make yourself known to all of us. Sometimes we lose sight of you. Sometimes our hearts get hardened. And Lord, we get distracted. Lord, maybe we don't even know you know you and are not sure, not sure of eternal life and salvation. Uh, Lord God, I just pray today that everyone here will encounter the risen Christ, the living Jesus. You're alive. And Lord, you're exalted and your name is above all names. And I just pray, God, that we all have that encounter with you that changes us, that transforms us into a new person, a new being. And God, it will make us want to go and tell the world because you have transformed our lives. We won't be able to shut our mouths, God, but we have to speak of those things we've both seen and heard. I just pray everyone will have a testimony. Everyone will have an encounter. Everyone will have an experience with our Lord because you're near to all of us, Lord, if we just call on your name. We pray it in Jesus' name. God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I came to the book of Acts through the book of John. And if you read through the book of John, there are key words that just start jumping out at you. And you, you know... You go and underline them, circle them. And uh, some of those key words that jumped out to me in the book of John were like witness. Have I ever read the book of John and that became a word that just leaped out at you? Well, go read it and you'll see. Witness, bear witness, testify, testimony. And uh, when you look at those words in the Greek, they all come from the same word. And in the book of John, it's used 47 times. The book of Acts comes in second, using the same Greek word. Uh, and these words, uh, bear witness, witness, testimony, testify, uses it 29 times. And this word, witness, it evolved early on into meaning anyone who remains true to his or her testimony about Christ to the point of death. In fact, the English word martyr comes from this Greek word. I'm not even going to throw the Greek word at you. Um, but, so a martyr is what? Someone who dies 
for their faith. Remember the book of Acts 7, chapter 7? Stephen was the first martyr of of the faith. And um, there's a whole chapter devoted to uh, how he confessed Christ. And, um, And they stoned him to death. So he was the first one to die for his faith. But um, I think when I read through this uh, book of John and I go into the book of Acts even, and uh, of course Acts chapter 4 really captivated, you know, what what I sensed in my heart. And that is, I ask myself, how big is Jesus in me? How strong, how real, how alive is the witness of Christ in my heart and in my life? Is Jesus alive in us? And uh, I just look at uh, some Bible. Here's a, a woman in the, the woman at the well story where Jesus encounters the Samaritan woman. And she discovers that he's the Messiah, the Christ. He reads her mail, right? He reads her mail. And she put her water jug down and she runs back into the city and she said, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and were coming to him. So here's a woman who's had this encounter with Jesus and he's spoken into her life. And she said, oh my gosh, you know, he, he knows my sin and, uh, and he's the Christ. And, in, and out of that, she just runs to, back into the city to tell people, come see this man who told me everything that I ever did. I think of Paul. Man, here's a guy who persecuted the church. Uh, he was zealous for, for God and for the law. And he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. But God met him, knocked him off his high horse, Right? When he was on the road to, uh, not, not Emmaus, but uh, he was on the road to Damascus. Yeah, yeah, that's where it was. And he got knocked off his high horse and he had a meeting with Jesus. And he went from going to, into Damascus to arrest Christians. He went into the synagogue and started proclaiming Christ is the Messiah, proving to the Jews from the Old Testament that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he's the Messiah the Old Testament spoke about. And, um, and so Paul, writing to the Romans, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Paul, this gospel had saved him. He had an encounter with Jesus and it changed him. And he turned into a great witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, he saw that the gospel was worthy to be proclaimed, not something to be ashamed of, but something to boldly proclaim because in it is found the righteousness of God from faith to faith. I I grew up in a Christian home, 
my grandmama prayed, my mama prayed, <laughs> so I got saved. <laughs> and, you know, I saw evidence. We sang the song Evidence, and I was thinking how fitting that is to this word here this morning. And I saw in my, in my mother proof that Jesus was real in her life. And, you know, hearing the gospel message preached and preached and preached, and my eyes were open, and then I had my encounter moment with Jesus where I knew that I was saved, that my sins were forgiven, that I had eternal life, and that I had a testimony. I had something I could share with other people to tell them about the wondrous love of Jesus through the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, one thing that really stands out and I've really already made reference to it, but in verse 13 of chapter 4 of Acts, where here's when, when the Sanhedrin, these were the, these were the big leaders, the religious leaders of Israel. And here is Peter and John on trial, brought before these religious authorities. They were arrested. Now, just put this in modern times, you know. And here they are standing before this council. And, and uh, remember, Jesus even said, don't think about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say when you're brought before councils. Well, here it is coming to pass. And Peter, what does it say? Filled with the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> I feel that one. Yeah. All right. Anyways, they saw, it says they saw when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. These weren't scared witnesses. <laughs> These guys were bold to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, risen from the dead, exalted, name above all names. Only in him can we be saved. Um, <clears throat> they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived that they were uneducated, common men. They, it says they were astonished. They were astonished. These guys were just fishermen, tax collectors, Tax collectors were looked down upon because they, 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 they worked for the IRS. I'm just kidding. They worked for the, the uh, Roman Empire, collecting taxes for Caesar. They were looked down upon. They were despised. So was, and in fishermen were just common, common guys, you know, uh, making a living. Not educated, not schooled guys, but they were astonished at their boldness, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And that's the whole key, I guess, of what I would say today to you, is if you want to be an effective witness for Jesus, be with Jesus. Be with Jesus. He will change your life and my life, and it will make real in your heart what you believe and you have a testimony to share because Jesus will prove himself to you over and over. Uh, what is a witness, by the way? Well, here's kind of my hodgepodge definition that I put together with the help of some little Webster dictionary. Uh, a person who saw and heard, that's mine, an event take place. To have knowledge, this is Webster, to have a knowledge of an event or, or change from personal observation or experience. There, there was three uh, witnesses, types of witnesses that were mentioned in this definition. 
thought it was interesting. There's a lay witness, the most common type. It's a person who watched certain events and describes what they saw. Then you have an expert witness. They're a specialist, someone who was educated in a certain area. Then you have a character witness, someone who knew the victim, the defendant, or other people involved in the case. Have you ever been a character witness? As a pastor, I've been a character witness many times in court uh, because I knew the person, right? I knew their character. And, uh, but I really, man, when you, when you read 1 John chapter 1, it opens up, and here's John the Apostle. He's the beloved disciple. He's the one who his head laid on the chest of Jesus at the Passover meal. And, and you know, and you think about how close he was to the Lord. Listen to how he opens John chapter, 1 John chapter 1. He says, that he's a, he's, he's a witness. This is the one I want you to see. Uh, he's, he is, he's an eyewitness. Not just a lay witness, expert witness, character witness. He's an eyewitness. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. It's one of the key things of a testimony of a witness you hear and see. He said, that which we've heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim. I'm competing with my grandson there. He's going to be a preacher, I believe. <laughs> that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And so, listen, He was an eyewitness. He saw, He heard, He, he handled, He touched. He knew Jesus intimately. He was with Him for His three and a half years of earthly ministry. And yet he proclaimed it to others so that they could come and join in and become a part of the fellowship that he enjoyed with the Father through Jesus Christ. And that's what we desire for everybody. And as we're doing it, guess what? It will fill you with joy. When you hold it back, you lose your joy. But it's that telling people because he's real in you, he's alive in you. And you want to introduce them to the Jesus that's alive in you, that has changed you, that has transformed you by, by your encounter with him. You want them to become a part of it and to know salvation, eternal life, joy, peace that you have. You know, uh, when, when uh, you read about in Acts chapter 1, uh, <clears throat> the first thing they did was took care of business when they got back into the upper room. And Peter was leading the disciples. And the first thing they had to do was, according to the scripture of the Old Testament, Judas Iscariot had hung himself because he betrayed the Lord. And um, so one of the 12 was gone. They had to fill his office. And Peter says, this is the qualifications 
for the eyewitness. This is the qualification for the one that will replace Judas and be a part of us, of our team. He, uh, <clears throat> the qualifications for the replacement of Judas were they, had, they accompanied the disciples during all the time the Lord Jesus went in and out among them, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from the disciples <clears throat> and become with the apostles a witness to his resurrection. Now, all of us in here, we never will be an eyewitness. We cannot be what the apostles were because they were with the Lord from the days of John the Baptist till the day he was taken up. They were witnesses of his resurrection. But we can be a witness, right? Um, and the, uh, I think of Paul. <laughs> uh, Bobby read from 1 Corinthians 15, I believe back around Easter, you read, you read, you read from uh, 1 Corinthians 15. But Paul is talking about the resurrection of Jesus. And, you know, the Corinthians were, there's a false teaching going on that there is no resurrection. And Paul's telling them, if there's no resurrection, then Jesus isn't resurrected. And then your faith is in vain. So he kind of gives them the first principles again. And in the, and where he says Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, he was buried, he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then he appeared to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, that would be the Lord's brother. He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And this is what I, the point I want to get to. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I'm the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was in me, with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. And I remember uh, preaching out of this years ago on Easter, and uh, the, the thought was, Paul was the last to, to, to be called. He was the last of the apostles. He was the last, he was the least of the apostles. But by the grace of God, he was the loudest. <laughs> and, um, and that can be our testimony as well. Um, by the grace of God working mightily in us, we can be we, can, we might be the least, we might be the last, but we can be the loudest. Um, you know, <clears throat> when we look at witness, wow, it's 1013. <laughs> okay. Jesus was a faithful witness. In fact, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, John the Apostle writes in his revelation of the Lord, he said, and from Jesus Christ, 
the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. Jesus is a faithful witness because he didn't fail to testify or declare or speak about the things that he had seen, the things that he heard from his heavenly Father. And he was faithful unto death. And Jesus, uh, he spoke of heavenly things. I don't have time to read these scriptures, but I'll just refer to them. When you read in the book of uh, John's Gospel, chapter 3, it talks about John the Baptist speaks of Jesus, but Jesus himself talks about speaking of the heavenly things, uh, not of things that are earthly, but heavenly things. And he's speaking to Nicodemus in that. You can read John chapter 3, uh, just that whole chapter there, and you'll see that Jesus spoke of, uh, Jesus spoke of heavenly things. He was faithful to declare that. It was hard for us to receive what his testimony of heavenly things because we're worldly, we're earthly, not heavenly. And uh, that's why Jesus said, Nicodemus, you got to be born again, born from born of the Spirit, so you can really see the kingdom, enter the kingdom, and uh, understand the heavenly things I want to declare to you. But <clears throat> I'm going to just skip to the very end of my message here uh, and just say this. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, before he left this earth, he, he prepared his disciples to receive the Holy Spirit. So when he died and went to heaven, he said, wait in Jerusalem, you're going to be endued with power from on high. The promise of the Father you're going to receive, which was the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, they received the Holy Spirit. And he said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, you will be my witnesses when you receive power from the, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to be witnesses for me starting in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then in Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the earth. And book of Acts, as you read it, that's what you see. They fulfill that great commission because the Holy, it's really the acts of the apostles through, or the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles, right? And we see them go in the power of the Holy Spirit to bear witness of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and salvation is in him. And um, so when I look at that, the Holy Spirit also bears witness with us inwardly. And that's in Romans 8, 16. You can write that down in your notes. It says that he bears witness to us that, in, that we are the children of God. So there's an inward witness when you're saved and the Holy Spirit fills you and lives in you and you're born again, there's that inner witness where your father, now you, you, it says the Spirit cries to you, Abba, Father. There's that inner witness. You know that now you are a child of God. You've been adopted into the family of God through Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, right? And so that is that inward witness, but then there's that outward witness that comes from that where we want to go now and tell people about Jesus. And um, so just, uh, have you believed the good news of Jesus? Have you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord? That he's the Son of God, raised from the dead. Have you met Jesus? Has he changed your life, given you new life, eternal life? Can you, will you 
Testify to the things you've seen and heard. Will you be a witness? And I think of the man, as I'll end with this story, in Luke 8, there was a man who had a thousand demons. When Jesus asked the name, he sat, he was tied, he was in chains in a graveyard, and he cut himself. And Jesus, when he came to that shore, crossing the Sea of Galilee, that man, those demons responded because this was the Son of God who was going to judge them in one day. And they started crying out, you know, these demons manifesting. But Jesus cast all those demons out. And the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with Jesus. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. You know, you don't have to plot an evangelistic path, you know. You just let Jesus get a hold of you and you're going to go tell the whole city how much he has done for you. And that's the evidence. <laughs> and, and people will see that and they will be astonished. They'll be astonished because they know there's something real in you. It's not the same guy we used to know. <laughs> Something's happened to him and they see evidence that you're saved. So let's pray. Father, we, we just thank you so much that you love us. Thank you, Savior. God, there's no person here that doesn't have an open door right to you right now. No matter what we've done, God, it can't separate us. It can't keep us from you. And I just pray, God, that everyone here will just open their heart. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you have the assurance that your sins are forgiven by Jesus on that cross where he shed his innocent blood, bore your sin and guilt upon himself? He became a sin offering so that you could become, take on his right standing with God. If you haven't done that, just believe in your heart. Right now, put your trust in Jesus. Holy Spirit, just manifest yourself. Make Jesus known. You're that spirit of truth. You don't speak of yourself. You're here to bear witness to Jesus. And Lord, to open hearts and eyes. And I pray, open hearts now. Let everyone here trust. Put their full confidence in Jesus. And walk from this place today changed because they've been with you. Leave here with that assurance, that salvation. And God, that they will all just, Lord, become heralds. We'll all become messengers. We'll all become witnesses of what you have done. Lord, let there just be a testimony, and we want to testify of what the Lord has done for us, that we won't be ashamed of the gospel, but God will realize its worth. It's the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. Therein is the righteousness of God. 
revealed from faith to faith. Lord, right now, just uh, pray that everyone will call upon you, be saved in Jesus' name. Amen.